Come and dream with me. Every week we get together, talk about movies, TV, and online content, and help you answer the question, can you watch films that aren't horror films this October? Yes. You can watch whatever you want. You don't have to be scared or afraid this Halloween season. I'm your host, Ashley Obley. Joining me today, Dylan Blight. <laughs> no, you should watch horror movies. Get in the spirit. Don't be a fucking lame-o. No, no. Don't let these horror fans win. That's what I want you to believe. Yeah. They're happy to watch their horror movies all year round. You know? I mean, that's true, also. Yeah. I'll fucking so you stab can... you. Okay. I'm going to push this anti, anti-horror anti movie club club thing. I don't know. That's not fair. Just watch other stuff this Halloween. You know? No, watch Halloween this Halloween. <laughs> it's, 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 it ended, though. So you don't need to watch it no. anymore. It Did you see they're shopping Halloween. around? Yeah. The Halloween franchise? Yeah. Of course. I mean, how do you follow that? I don't know. Yeah. Where do you go from there? I don't know. Evil strikes again tonight. Do you know? <laughs> Evil doesn't die tonight. Evil does yeah. not die tonight. Or he, he turns into T-1000 and it's like reforms out of the goop. On today's well, episode of What Do You Want to Watch... We'll talk about what's in our watch history, go over some film and TV news, give you this week's top three and give some thumbs to trailers. Uh, kick things off, Gen V, the latest, the, well, the, the only spinoff to the Boys Universe launched on Prime Video. First three episodes are out. Uh, I've watched the first three. Have you watched, you've only watched the first one, Dylan, I want to say? Off the plane? Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, so this one taking place at Golkins University which is like a university for uh, potential superheroes. Uh, so set, set in the world of boys, set after the events of season four, um, following a bunch of university students trying to go about their thing, stuff, you know. <laughs> um, I found it really interesting. And like, obviously it is, it feels like it part of the boys universe. It is gory as fuck. It's as dark as fuck, um, you know. Uh, as someone pointed out, I would not want to live in the world of the boys because it seems like everybody ha- dies a horrible death within that universe. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's definitely engaging and it's a lot introduces a lot of interesting characters and introduces uh, an interesting mystery straight away. Um, and yeah, it just has kind of has that uh, boys flavor. Um, so Dylan, yeah, what do you think of the first episode? Yeah, I mean- it's hard to talk about about spoiling because the first, like the trailer and everything, and then you watch the first episode, and it sort of changes the entire series after by the end of that first episode. I feel. I so. think we can like talk pretty freely about the first episode. Why? Because we can. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> just... <laughs> well, I mean, like a lot of people die in the first episode. Like, yeah. You know, and they like you, the show. The show starts, and you're like, these are the main characters, and then they all fucking nearly die. They don't all die. No, but like a lot of them do. A few of them do. A couple do, yeah. Yeah, in the first episode. Some big, wild. one big actor yeah. in particular. <laughs> yeah, dead dies, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying it so far. I li- like 
the introduction of a lot of different power sets. Uh, obviously, the series is kind of revolves around uh, Marie Moreau, who is uh, they've just the Wikipedia page just says she's a bloodbender, you know. But yeah, she can control yeah, blood. She can blend. She can bend blood. Yeah, uh, but no. What I'm laughing at is they're just pulling terminology from Avatar: The Last Airbender to use <laughs> in the in this show. Waterbender. Uh, uh, but yeah, she can do shit yeah. with blood, and it's uh, it's it's a pretty dark opening to the show where it's revealed that like she kills her family, accident, yeah. um, but still, but still, um, but yeah, lots of fun ideas and other characters. But, um, very X Men. It reminded me, like yeah, the mutant get obviously, power and stuff. Yeah, and obviously things going wrong. Um, I'm really enjoying her roommate, uh, Emma Myers or Little Cricket. Yeah. Who is a who's able to shrink, uh, but how she's able to shrink is uh, revealed in an interesting way and plays into the overall ongoing story. She's great in that first episode, but also has one of the craziest scenes in the first episode. There, I mean, yeah, I did. You know. One of the craziest scenes in all of the boys. I feel. Hmm. I feel like we've seen that power used in a different way. But it is, uh, you know, um, the main one. <laughs> don't really be that crazy. Um, but yeah, I I'm really into it, so uh, I'm excited to see how the season plays out. Uh, yeah, oh, later on there's a couple of different ties to like the actual boys. Like you see some of the like you see the deep and A train in like promotional videos, and Ashley the from the who runs the seven like is talking, and they bring up stuff like it's it's cra- all these people have found out that their parents uh, drug them as children. So they would become superheroes. So that's like an element of it. Like they're kind of upset with their parents as well. So, um, and then the most interesting character I think so far um, is uh, uh, Jordan Lee, who is a gender shapeshifter and swaps mm-hmm. swaps between genders at will, um, which is a inter- interestingly discussed point. So, um, and done reasonably seamlessly. Uh, even though the two actors are completely unrelated, so as far as I can tell, so uh, yeah, check out Gen V on Prime Video. Uh, Dylan, you went and watched uh, the Creator last week after we recorded last week's podcast. I thoroughly enjoyed it. What are your thoughts on the Creator? I think it's good, but yeah, that's like to reiterate uh, similar to what you said last week. I guess I do feel like the script is the weakest part and i would say the the movie just lacks a like a oomph like just a, an emotional moment like I, I just feel like it needed some like I, I never got an emotional payoff i feel like it just was really missing something there the um from just out of the, it's it's weird because the like I, I can't blame any of the actors like oh the actor's great i just i, I fully think it just comes from that script um you didn't feel the connection it. between uh... no i did but i never got that i just never got that one powerful i just never i never got i feel like it there's two clear moments where it could be but yeah if it didn't never happens yeah never quite gets there so um but i mean even that aside which i do feel like is that the what hold what holds this movie back from being one of this year's best is just that script but take that as that away um it is a phenomenal looking film um, it's this super interesting world. Um, I would happily get more from it. Uh, I'd 
happily explore more in other mediums and stuff like that. Um, I will rewatch it because I think it's just, yeah, it's a lot of interesting visuals and imagery and stuff like that. And um, mm-hmm. Gareth Edwards just has a has a great eye for directing these sci-fi films and stuff. But uh, yeah, I'd hope if we return, it's just, I just need a little bit more from that script. Yeah, it's like, it's been interesting to see the kind of discussion around the film, like the past week and people kind of calling it soulless and uh that kind of stuff but still like praising it for like the visuals and like yeah um, okay, and also comparing it to souls. a lot of like everybody's saying oh it's just a rip-off of what so-and-so was interesting everybody's saying it's a rip-off of a different thing like people are oh it's a rip-off of avatar it's a rip-off of uh elysium it's a rip-off of terminator it's a rip-off like it, it's obviously influenced by a lot of different things um so yeah yeah um, I don't feel like it rips off anything in particular. No. I can understand that's got influenced by a lot of things, but so is most art. That's just... So is nearly everything. Yeah. I don't think there is a completely wholly original, uninfluenced thing being no, made. apart from the ever. Goofy movie. Like... It's true. Uh, <laughs> question. Should they have kicked her out of the helicopter? Yes, I was trying to think what you meant, but yes, they hundred percent should have. Yeah. Yes, hundred percent <laughs> yeah. should have just kicked her out of the helicopter. I don't know what the fuck they were doing. Yeah. Well, also, did you get that weird audio cue? Did that like uh, the music, last... the song that plays when they're yeah. in the helicopter, or before? Was... Yeah, when they're first flying in. Yeah, I mean, I didn't hate it. I as soon as it happened, I was like, I assume this is what you were talking about. So maybe yeah. I noticed it more because I'd already had you tell me about a song that you and Buddy didn't like but yeah it is weird because the rest of the movie doesn't have any licensed music at all mm-hmm. is the is the thing Except i feel like, like ambient a, music yeah ambient music but not like a heavily seen like that it was it was like suddenly fucking um i don't know david ayer came in and fucking directed the scene or something i don't know like yeah okay uh so yeah we still check out the creator i don't know how oh actually i'll have a quick look how did you do no, it? No, you should del- still check it out. As like visually, and it's definitely one to watch in the cinema. It's fucking fantastic movie to watch in the cinema. It's just yeah, the script's on the. I-, I would say score wise, I'm around like probably a seven. Yeah, like probably a solid seven. Probably about an eight. So it made fourteen million dollars in the US. Um, over the, the, the that weekend. So I mean, that's not great. <laughs> um. It came in third behind Saw 10 and Paw Patrol, the mighty movie. So, fucking Paw Patrol. Yeah. So, go off. So, yeah, not a great start, but hopefully it has some legs, I would imagine. Uh, yeah. Uh, I checked out <laughs> the new Joe Carney movie, uh, Flora and Son, just released on Apple TV, Plus, uh, which flows a. a mother of a 14 year old boy um she had the child when she was like 17 which is like uh and he is a bit of a troublemaker she is currently separated from her husband teenagers uh, i know um well to the extent where it, I, one of the opening shots is like him being told by a police officer if he's caught in trouble one more time he's going to be sent to prison and you know what happens in prison you get anally raped. That's right. Okay. 
those those are exact words I pulled from the movie um, in 2023. Uh, but you know, to try and switch him onto the straight and narrow, get him into some sort of hobby or uh, thing, she's like, "Hey, I'm going to get you a guitar," and he's like. Fuck no, I do not want an acoustic guitar. So instead, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I'm going to start to learn the acoustic guitar. Her ex husband used to be in a band. Um, she decides to take up the acoustic guitar uh, and she takes up lessons with a American uh, while they This is all taking place in Dublin, also. <laughs> I feel like that's an important point. Uh, well, is it because jo- does John Carney make movies outside of. Like he made the the one with Kira Knightley and Mark Ruffalo in New York. So okay, he didn't like that movie, but he made it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, she she starts a uh, taking lessons for an American over the internet for guitar, and they uh, start to have a connection. And it, it it's very much a John Carney movie where it's like music kind of allows these people to heal and progress and uh, find fulfillment in their lives and that kind of stuff. Um, I don't think I love it as much as a Sing Street, but it is still a really good John Carney movie. There's a very sweet scenes. Eve Hewson plays the mother of Flora. She's really great and like has some really out there moments. Uh, it's very, it's in a very adult film. I would say, do not watch. This is not Sing Street. This is not a family friendly film. Um, but yeah, it's it's got a very sweet heart to it. So, um, and the kid playing Max, the son, is really good. He 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 doesn't love the acoustic stuff, but he's into dance. He's into electronica and stuff. So, okay, yeah, he's into that kind of stuff. So they can kind of start to bond over something that they haven't really had any connections prior to this which is kind of a weird thing so um yeah i would recommend checking out florence on i'm 100 gonna check this out i'm keen to watch it but i gotta be honest when i i opened my apple tv the other day and like the poster was up like hey this is out today sort of thing um i fucking hate the poster for it i've decided what the mm-hmm. one with the of this the side on yeah well it's like the pink head headphones, earphone, headphones but like it's it's like a weird photoshop so it's like a solid pink color. I hate it. I've decided. It's just really don't like it. Wow. Just looks bad. I think it's one of the worst posters I've seen this year, to be honest. If we're doing a worst poster, poster top. I don't think we'll do the list, but you can put no, it No, we don't really do worst <laughs> list because as I said before, I think they're bad. But like in my mind, if we did one, that would be on it. <laughs> I think the headphones meant to be a silhouette of. It's his, it's a fucking of sun or whatever. Yeah. yeah I, I don't care dumb poster it looks bad i don't i don't like it okay uh but yeah check out florence on uh dylan i see you've watched a film called mary had a little lamb is this some sort of animated film or some sort of family focused movie uh about the beloved nursery rhyme yes okay cool what service was on <laughs> uh I don't actually think this is on the server. No, I okay. think it's just a straight to DVD. Horror straight movie. to DVD. <laughs> oh, it's a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's October Ash. What are we talking about? <laughs> um, Mary Had a Little Lamb is a nursery rhyme, and it's also this film uh, that I watched, which is very fucking weird. But um, <laughs> it's um, directed by uh, what's his name? Because he's done the other one. Uh, where is it? 
Jason Arbor writes, this old mate's like done a lot of animation and special effects work and stuff like that. Um, I looked him up, which I found quite interesting. And then he's done like a bunch of like music videos and horror and stuff. So I think this is like basically his first major, some like feature thing. Um, It has, (laughs) most of the cast, let me put it this way. Most of the cast have worked in, um, it was a crossover between a lot of them and films like, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, (laughs) stuff like that. So, um, it is about a podcast. I'm trying to remember because it's been a couple weeks since I watched it. It's about a girl who runs like the host of this podcast where they like, um, or or podcast or radio show. I can't remember what they never really are. Like, it sounds like it's a podcast, but, um, they investigate and talk about like crimes in the local community or something, or at least the wider local community. And they're like, the the producer's like, you need more, like the show's not doing well, blah, blah, blah. You need to do more socials. I'm like, fuck, this is relatable. Um, then the, she's like, I've got a great idea. I've been reading about this story where people go out in these woods and they disappear. So we're going to head out there and investigate it. So she heads out there and um, they bring the, the other podcast people. And then one of the girls brings her older boyfriend for some reason. I don't really know. Uh, they get lost in the woods and they find his house and it's this little weird sweet lady who's like, hi, my name's Mary and I'm very fucking weird. And also there may or may not be a half man, half beast <laughs> with a lamb's head tied up in my basement. And that's my son. Because <laughs> Mary had a little lamb taken oh, so literally. Oh, it's, it's a sequel to Lamb from A24? Yeah. I mean, it could be ultimately, I guess. Um, spoilers for that movie, but um, yeah. So that's it. Sort of, you know, it plays out however you want from there. It's goes a bit too long, is my problem, and it takes, in my opinion, way too long to get to the fun stuff. And by the fun stuff, I mean like people dying, obviously. Uh, just the first like half plus, like they're trying to build up the tension, I guess. But I just didn't. I feel like it, this sort of movie, I'm like just, just, just go wild, just go full slasher. I, I just need people to start dying. Like I just need to. Like all these characters are sort of annoying. I mean, I didn't, I didn't mind the main character; she was fine or whatever. But the, I was like, most of these characters are sort of, you know, whatever. I don't really care about any of you. You've got old made up, who's got, like, it's pretty good special effects, like, um, the makeup and everything for the the lamb dude. Uh, I'm like, just let old mate loose. Let him get the axe on, chop some people up. The old lady who plays Mary, uh, Christine Ann Nyland, she does quite a good job at, at being fucking weird uh but she does a good job at doing that so good on her um but yeah i yeah, it, was, it was all right i i uh, i mean you gotta you gotta be into weird horror movies for this one but for if i feel like you could look at the poster or watch the trailer and go yes i'll get some enjoyment out of this or no fucking thank you all right uh so i watched the documentary subjects uh, which is available apparently now. Well, it's available on DocPlay, but apparently it's available on Prime Video, um, according to Google. Oh no, through DocPlay. Never mind. Uh, so yeah, watch it on DocPlay. It is a documentary focused on the actual subjects of documentaries. Um, so it kind of ca- talks about the rise of documentaries and how they have suddenly become a like uh, exponentially bigger market. How Netflix has kind of caused all these documentaries to be constantly churned out um, and that kind of stuff and kind of deals, talks to a lot of subjects from prominent uh, documentaries. I talked to one of the girls from The Staircase 
talked to one of the guys from uh, capturing, uh, freeing the Freemans, I want to say is what it's called. Like um, one of the kids from one of the guys from Hoop Dreams, uh, and then also one of the the subjects of uh, the Wolf Pack. Um, very prominent documentaries, and like they talk about their experiences um, making documentaries, but then they're also their experiences post the documentaries, them coming out and kind of experiencing, I guess, their, their 20 minutes of fame or, like, how those kind of experiences changes their lives. Uh, the documentary also delves into, like, some of the the ethics of documentary making. Um, what that, ethics? You know, <laughs> yeah, I guess that, you know. Um, but, like, obviously the most prominent being one, should the subject of the, the documentary be paid um, and that kind of stuff. Um, it, it does that influence the film? How much should the director kind of influence the story and that kind of stuff, and or what sort of impact they're making on these people's lives and that kind of thing? Um, yeah, I think is is a very interesting watch. Definitely had me interested to watch the the documentaries that they talk about that I hadn't watched. Um, uh, and yeah, I think I don't think they answer any of the questions. Um, they have suggestions as to how they should deal with these different things, but you know, um, yeah, I think it's definitely a thought provoking film, um, with a lot of interesting characters and that kind of stuff. So I would recommend checking out subject. It's, it's, uh, if you like documentaries, you should be checking it out because yeah, it definitely showcases the rise of documentaries and how quickly it, like it became like a, a money making uh, thing because back in the day you'd be like oh i'm making a documentary we're not going to make any money off this so we're not going to pay you but now well it's funny because like um making. i when i was in uh when i was younger and stuff i when i thought about documentaries i thought about those boring as fuck films i'd make us watch about animals in primary school yeah that's what they keep bringing up it's like when when i thought of documentaries be freaking ken burns talking about war yep. photos and that kind of yep. stuff so. stuff like that and you'd be like for fuck's sake like documentaries now, reminded me of school like <laughs> but yeah now documentaries are things people definitely choose to watch in their free time yeah there are yeah so uh yeah check that out on doc play uh let's move into the mandatory netflix segment of the show uh, and I've watched the new wonderful story of Henry Sugar collection of short films directed by Wes Anderson uh, that released on Netflix. Uh, so there's four short films of various lengths. Uh, the first one, the wonderful story of Henry Sugar is like 40 minutes long. The rest are about 15. Um, which one's the Henry Sugar? Which was the main that, one? Which, with which actor? The Benedict yeah, one? Yeah, the Benedict one. Although there's a lot of overlap of actors in this uh, collection. Like Dev Patel and Ben Kingsley, like feature in a couple of them, uh, and Benedict Cumberbatch is also in at least two. I'm gonna say off the top of my head. Uh, let me just pull. Do I have a? Yeah. So there's three films. There's a wonderful story of Henry Sugar, The Swan, The Rat Catcher, and Poison, um, all based on Roald Dahl's uh, short stories um, from the wonderful story of Henry Sugar and Six More. Um, very Wes Anderson. <laughs> I mean, they are like it's almost like Wes Anderson saw all them, all the tech bros making Wes Anderson things on TikTok and stuff. Is like hold my beer. Uh, <laughs> they were they. There was an AI or whatever, weren't they? Wasn't that the yeah, 
Yeah, they were all using iron and stuff. But yeah, this definitely... It's like the Star Wars one, where it's like, it just has his like shooting style, yeah. but lacks any of the subs. No, there's definitely uh, taken that to the, the extreme. It's, yeah, this is incredibly Wes Anderson, and as someone who just watched Asteroid City like a few months, a month or so ago, this is like incredibly, to the extent like, there's so much, the dialogue in this is crazy. Like, so much... Uh, so much self-narration and that kind of stuff by the characters and that kind of stuff um, and lay it on top of each other and there's like and then there's this it 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 just feels like a play almost every single one um, because there's like actual physical sets um, that look like they're from actual plays even to the extent where there's there's one pan from like uh, it's what Ray Fiennes plays a version of Roald Dahl uh, pans from his like cottage where he's writing stories pans across you see like the soundstage in the background uh and then you cut to the next set where uh, uh benjamin cumberbatch is playing henry sugar um so yeah really interesting uh they are definitely small self-contained stories i would say the henry sugar one is the the best one and feels like the most complete story all the other ones kind of feel like short films you know what i mean they kind of feel like snippets of something um not like uh no three act structure no, no completion i feel like it's just like kind of a moment in time uh but yeah fantastic performances by like benedict Cumberbatch, dev patel um uh who uh ben kingsley uh then who was the other in the swan there's another actor who is very prominent um who i can't remember his name uh rupert friend um mm. yeah so i recommend checking him out there like i said it's what it's like maybe an hour and a half to watch all of it mm. um and yeah get your daily get your dose of wes anderson goodness and like paper craft and be impressed by the sets is the other weird <laughs> the weirdest thing is like they go they start up silent like even like the netflix thing at the start there's no sound until someone starts talking it's like it's very off-putting especially when you're like you've got your headphones and you're like these working <laughs> it's, it's, it's like where's, <laughs> like, where's, where's the... The, the 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 noises uh but yeah i really enjoyed it i think it's like uh this is definitely a thing that could not be made without netflix so i'm glad that you know it was made mm. all right uh dylan you've been watching encounters on netflix yeah i watched look let me i'll set it up this way there's four episodes of this mm-hmm. i've watched three yeah. i've zero plans of finish. Okay. i'm done i try <laughs> it's fine i i watched three and gave the show three episodes i was like i'm done i don't like this show decided i assumed it must be like a six episode or an eight episode i don't know and then i saw those one left and for a second i was like there's only one left and i was but then Nah. Like, no. <laughs> like, just hired it on my nah. track. There's, there's not enough time in the day. Like, I just don't. And look, to be fair, this is another thing you asked me about. I was like watching both these things while doing other stuff. So I could have stuck it on in the background. But then I was like, still in the background. I don't feel like this show's good. Um, so Encounters is a documentary, in quotation marks, <laughs> uh, about, and not to say that I'm like, look, it's about UFO, UFO sightings. I believe UFOs are real. Right? Do you do you believe in UFOs? Like how's your, uh, how's your 
I'm, I, I, it's not like I've seen one. I'm open to believing that there's. I'm open to believing it. Forms. Do I believe the Mexicans who apparently unveiled like an alien the other week? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, yes, but I, I believe that yes. If someone, if aliens come down, I wouldn't be like, sh- like I'd be shocked, but I wouldn't be like, yeah. oh my god! In my wildest I dreams, I couldn't this believe that there would be more life, life forms out there in the world. You know what I mean? Like, um, but yeah. So this is about like people talking about their like, and look, the stories themselves. Some of the like, like this massive town where like some dude, like the first episodes about this, this, these people who are like a dude sees an alien go over and he calls up someone else and then someone else says it. And then suddenly you've got like a hundred, 300 people in this one town who also, they saw the same thing. And you're like, wow, that's super interesting. Like this many people say they saw the same thing. Like what's the, like, like, could it, could this be, you know, close cows of the third kind, which is the way the documentary is put together. Like it's so boring and uninteresting. Um, I just, I, I really struggled between episodes. I just, I just feel like it's a very badly put together way to tell the story. Um, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's just pe- people waffling on about how they write. The show does nothing really to do to, to point out they're right other than having them say they're right, but does nothing to do to counteract the, those things. It's just like, here's a bunch of people with apparent eyewitness accounts of seeing aliens, no proof really but they say they did so let's spend an hour an episode talking to these people and i'm like cool awesome um so i don't know if you're a hardcore alien person maybe you'll enjoy it but yeah i just felt like it was a badly produced documentary with non particularly interesting people talking about aliens even though the stories themselves could have been interesting in another concept all right pass uh, and then you watch sins of our mother uh, yeah, this one I, this one was a lot more interesting. So this was another three-episode documentary, um, but I actually finished it. So it is about a woman, um, Lori Vallow. I was trying to find her name. Lori Vallow. And it focuses on her and her, her son. Well, no. So she's not interviewed, but she's like the main subject. It's mostly the person being interviewed the most is her son or one of her children colby um sort of follows her. this is the thing where i'm trying not to spoil it even though it's like a real life story because it was quite interesting but she like she goes from like i'm christian in her early life to as she gets older like gets involved in like some hardcore like ultra what do you call it? ultra um orthodox sort of catholic views and some weird like stuff goes on um that ends up sort of really separating and dismantling her family from her um you've got her own mother in the documentary speaking about it and what happens her son her son's wife all this sort of stuff and yeah like she's just she's she's a she's a weird one by the end of it the only thing i don't didn't like about this one is it's three episodes right and this is it's interesting you were saying about that documentary thing before about like netflix cashing in being hardcore into documentaries this is an unfinished story like this woman we we don't have all the facts yet the the by the end of the documentary it's unable to answer all my questions and not even in a way that i accept i understand that some things you'll never get answers for but i'm like there's still investigations happening to some of the stuff that happens in this there are still elements of this story that could have been fully told if we waited or something like that but it's that thing of like 
for better or worse, Netflix just jumps on these stories and they're like greenlighting so many of these documentaries. Like the one we talked about last week, you know, the the or the week before, whenever it was, the murder or murder, murders dude, right? Yep. It's like they did one season and then they've got a second season because now the trials happen. So I feel like this is another thing. It's like, well, if people like watching this one, if enough people watch this Sins of Our Mother thing, then there'll be another look forward to more of this down the line when more of this story continues and i'm just i'm i don't know how i feel about it you know like it's, it's sort of like i mean it, it's not really I, I don't know like how, how you know what i mean like what, what are your thoughts on like it's an unfinished like it's not a full documentary like you don't get the full story there's not enough facts like it's just sort of like you're telling the story at the side like and i get it to a degree like i mean they make documentary all the time where technically the story isn't finished true yeah it's just it just feels like it just feels slightly cash in ish if you you know what i mean well yeah i I think that's probably to get the story yeah i mean there's probably there's always going to be it's got to be a difficult thing for a filmmaker where you think you've you start working on a pro documentary project you're like I need to I need to finish this at some point. I can't wait forever, mm. you know. Well, I don't think it's that. No. Cuz it's so quick, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, interesting. All right, that's everything in our watch history. Let's move into a little bit of film news. Uh again, not a lot happening with, you know, still the hold up uh I believe negotiations are happening between SAG and the AMTP sometime this week. I'm hoping uh, so, you know, next time we might have news. Uh, but with the writer strike over, uh, it seems like Marvel Studios is starting to get uh, moving on what they're going to do next. Uh, according to Deadline, with a deal in place, the Writers Guild studio, with a deal in place with the Writers Guild, studios have become taking aim at setting writers for their open assignments. Marvel Studios is looking to set the bar with what will likely become one of the most sought-after jobs for any scribe. Sources tell Deadline that Marvel will start setting writers' meetings later this fall for pictures for its anticipated X-Men movie. Insiders add that there's no rush to fill jobs since the film hasn't been dated yet, and it's more than likely that the writers' decision will be made at the top of 2024, Marvel declined to comment. While it will still be a bit before an X-Men movie makes it to theaters, the news that Marvel has started development on the live-action pig is sure to excite fans of the franchise who have been begging for a new movie since Disney's acquisition of the 20th Century Fox and its library in 2019. The X-Men universe was by far the most popular and profitable IP that Fox controlled with seven films and successful Wolverine spinoff that produced three more. After the disappointing release of Dark Phoenix in 2019, however, X-Men has been in need of a makeover. Uh, Dylan... Is the X-Men the most exciting prospect in the MCU at the moment? Fuck, I don't know. (laughs) 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 I don't know. I feel like if you'd asked me this years ago, I would have said yes. If I asked you in 2019 when they bought (laughs) it. Yeah, I just, I really, like, I'm so, I'm like, I'm sort of getting deflated. Um, I just don't, I don't understand what I'm getting excited about at this point. Like, I'm just getting excited about the idea of X-Men in general. Mm. Like, but uh, like, I'm not, like, that's the thing. I'm, I'm trying to go, no one's getting excited for story prospects. They're just getting excited about the idea of characters talking to one another. Yep. And it just, it just comes back to this whole, like, action figures, like, maybe, maybe, maybe. like, like, what, like, what story potential am I getting excited for? At least when was, when was building up to the Avengers and Infinity War saga, he was getting excited because of the the villain and the arc and the story and stuff happening there. And like, sure, there's all these great moments of characters meeting and whatever else. But 
like the, the story was the the forefront and heart there and at the moment i just feel like so much of the mcu when we're talking about stuff like this like fantastic four and x-men and stuff it's just, it's just like no like i don't know what story building thing i'm getting excited about for any of these characters other than hey this character could talk to this character and yeah they could be in a scene together yeah i think the trickiest thing to me is how do you fit them into the world that they've currently got like I feel like the most important thing about the X Men is the history of mutants within that world within the comics, yeah, uh, and how they've been prejudiced against for like decades. There's like a lot of yeah. history. You can't just bang mutants are in the universe. They were, mm. you can't just go oh they were here all along. You just never saw them. Uh, yeah, like how do you like when you think about the like you know Eric and Xavier, you know. Think about the tie into the you know Nazis. Yeah, and, uh, how do you how, all that? Sort I mean, of stuff. how do you do Magneto if it's not <laughs> World War Two? Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's like it's it doesn't fit. Oh, well, I can't imagine it fitting in any other timeline. I haven't like read. I believe yeah. in the Ultimate Comics they did something different, but um, or maybe that that was even more heavily focused on uh, World War Two, but um. This is the this is the thing you need writers' rooms for. <laughs> this is the a bunch. Yeah, of I don't think you could do in a room. I don't think you could. Yeah, that is a very good point. Like, at what point does Kevin Feige go? I need like a team of writers. We're all going to sit in the room and we're going to plan out like the next phase of films. Like in my mind, this movie doesn't come out till after Secret Wars, so it's like mm. let's like plan out exactly bit for bit what each of these movies is going to be what this universe is going to look like um and that kind of stuff because yeah i feel that the the thing with these films and i like i'm i'm sort of two months because i i want i want the directors and writers involved in the separate films enough free reign that they can have their own um, feel and touch to it or actually don't end up with like james gunn and his mm. success or um Tiger's success and whatever else but at the same time i feel like you, you you do need he just needs to get a writer's room together to to bang out that core thread story yeah you don't need to go then, into specifics but you need a yeah, plan there's enough wiggle room that people could do their own stories to get this character from here to here to here or whatever else but just a, a, a general through line that that makes everything seem a lot more cohesive and planned um than whatever the fuck's going on currently yeah but yeah, it's it's going to be crazy that you know we're probably not going to see these characters till twenty twenty six, and really wrong. Deadpool's out. Going to see going to see an X Men. Well, then. yeah, we're not going to see these X Men. You know, it's going to be a different. He's X-Men. in the MCU now. They're not going to. He's not going to carry over. Uh, but it's going to be crazy that you know all these new X Men characters will not interact with any of the original MCU characters that we all fell in love with the MCU. <laughs> They're kind of the next generation. Of MCU characters, why you could interact with Thor? I mean, he would probably be the only one. <laughs> yeah. Him and uh, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, well, he's not even like or maybe even the first Hulk. So. Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that's a thing that's currently in the works. So I'm sure we'll be getting more information about that as the weeks go ahead. Uh, Netflix held its little uh, special virtual event called Drop Zero One, uh, giving us sneak peeks at upcoming uh, video game related properties or at least animated uh, series. Uh, as part of the 
drop one events. They uh, anchored by the drop global live stream of Castlevania Nocturne's first three episodes. The showcase featured surprise announcements and never before seen drops from uh, their highly anticipated upcoming animated series. Uh, so they confirmed that Adi Shankar is working on a Devil May Cry series. Uh, confirming his new anime series based on the beloved video game and giving a first look featuring Dante. Uh, do, did you watch? Did you know any about any of this? I did not know this was happening at all. Okay, so how do you feel about Devil May Cry anime? Yeah, sure. Get around it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, as someone who doesn't know anything about Devil May Cry, this just looked like more. You got some more swords, stuff some like anime uh, boys yeah that between that and castlevania it looks the same um yeah. so that was a thing they did a trailer for uh sonic prime season three or chapter three uh as well as announcing a sonic prime dash game coming to netflix uh they did showcase the trailer which we'll talk about later they showed a teaser for blue eye samurai which is a very cool looking anime uh animated film uh, instructions. Uh, watch the teaser for this. Bro- Wait, I did know about this. I saw a headline that said something about Tomb Raider. Is that what yes. this was from? Damn. Yeah, but yes, Blue Eyed Samurai, uh, provocative and visually stunning cinematic series that will immerse you in a world of vivid adult animation with live action edge. Set in the Edo period, Japan, Blue Eyed Samurai follows a Mizu, a mixed race master of the sword who lives a life in disguise, seeking the deliverance of revenge. Uh, so yeah, this was a very interesting, I this is one of out of this, this might be the thing that surprised me the most and has got me the most excited. So uh, I would recommend checking out that little teaser. Uh I don't think there's a release date uh from memory, uh other than, you know, twenty twenty no, it's coming November third, so uh look forward to that. Uh they also showed the first clip from Scott Pilgrim takes off. Uh I watched that. You watched that? What was your reaction to it? Yeah. <laughs> it was fine. I understand people are complaining it's not as fast paced. Well, as that's the thing, did, yeah. But it's, um, it's, I've read the comics and it seems like the comics from memory. I mean, other like, than the massive Netflix like change from Amazon. Yeah, the, whatever. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't care about that. Who cares? You'll forget five minutes later. Uh, but yeah, the uh, people who maybe have only watched the movie and were used to the, the pacing, the the pacing of the Edgar Wrightness of that, uh, turned off a little bit by this. But the the from memory, like the him waiting was like several panels of yes. just him staring at a door. So it's funny. I think it's, it works because it's a different joke, which worked. You know, yeah, it, it this makes it feels yeah. like a different thing. But um, yeah, I I enjoyed. The snippet i enjoyed the pacing and that kind of stuff i can understand how people who love that movie uh may not have enjoyed it but then i'm also like did you actually like the movie or were you just like you enjoy seeing things flashing on the screen in front of you as fast as humanly possible without any context is that what you enjoyed well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you can't enjoy ah. these jokes you know <laughs> um yeah but yeah i my only critique i didn't some of the voiceover it did I'm not loving so far. Like yeah, even he's, just the, he's, the, uh, he's, the uh, Michael Sarah's performance seems off to me. It just seems a little bit too. It's a little bit. I like, know, especially it just sounds solid. like he's aged a lot. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, of course, that is coming to Netflix November 17th. Uh, they showed a first look at Pluto, uh, which is an anime, which is a manga that's based on... The Reindeer? No. Uh, oh, the Astro Boy. The Astro Boy uh, manga uh, series. So that they showed a trailer f- or teaser for that. Um, that is coming to Netflix on October 26th. So that's exciting. Why didn't you add that to the trailers? I care about that one. It's a teaser. It doesn't count. Uh, <laughs> uh, they showed a first look at Masters of the Universe Revolution, which is the next chapter in Kevin Smith's version of Masters of the Universe. Uh, they gave a first look at Tomb Raider Legend of Lara Croft. Did you see this? I saw a screenshot. The, the, there's not a lot more than that. It is <laughs> it is definitely a teaser, even though it feels like this has been the works for ever. Um, it definitely feels very influenced by the Crystal Dynamic games. Um, just even graphics wise, and obviously, she, like she has the the pick thing from the games mm. and that kind of stuff. So uh, it'd be interesting to see how closely tied it is to the actual games. Uh, and then they had like the fir- they had the first minutes of Castlevania Nocturne. Uh, so if you missed seeing the show, which officially debuts September, 8th, oh, it's already out. Um, yeah, the seven minutes is on Netflix uh, on YouTube for you to watch. So. Some interesting touches there, and we'll get back to one other big uh, reveal later in the show. Uh, it looks like Beyonce is also going to be hitting cinemas later this year. Uh, those Taylor Swift fans have already flocked into movie theaters, will be flocking into movie theaters everywhere in October for the release of Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour. Uh, December will belong to the Bayhive. Variety reports that recording artist, superstar Beyonce is turning her massive Beyonce renaissance global tour into a concert film that was released in theaters also brokering a deal directly with amc theaters just as taylor swift did for the release of her concert movie beyonce's concert movie will be looking to have a wine release in theaters across the united states starting on december 1st however it sounds like beyonce's concert film will be slightly different as variety says it will feature elements of her top grossing 2023 live shows plus of the long gestating visual album for renaissance and a documentary-style account of making the record and building out the tour. Uh, but yeah, it looks like uh, Taylor Swift, Beyonce going head-to-head in the box office, kind of. What a year for movies. <laughs> Have you? How many? How many screenings of uh, the Taylor Swift film has your your cinema got? None, I don't think. Davin already. Is it out? No, but it's like pre-order, pre-bookings. I think my indie theater has it. That, which is weird. I feel like looking. Let me have a quick look at the major change. I feel like that's weird, though, right? That they don't what have it. Supposed to be thirteenth of October. Thirteenth of October. Let's have a squizzy here. Thirteenth of October. Tickets are already on sale. Oh no, they're out. Yeah, three screenings on that day. Uh, yeah, a lot of my chains, lots of sessions from 6 o'clock to 10 p.m., like, depending on how big the cinema is. 6 o'clock, 7.30, 9.30, and then my indie theater's got it on uh, the same day, 13th at 7 o'clock as well, so four yeah. screenings. And then the here. next day, the starting of screenings from 9.30 through to 10.30 at night, so... Um, Holy shit. Yeah, so next day... Yeah, 9 a.m., 11 a.m., 12.30 p.m., 2.30 p.m., 4 p.m., 6 p.m., 7.30 p.m. Yeah, because I'm guessing 6 p.m. is, like, the first opening when it's going to be on that day. Yeah, Yeah, so, like, in the U.S. and stuff, so, yeah. 
Oh. That's crazy. That many Tai Tai fans around here? Man, I'm not going to that. They got a, they got a screen. Yeah, I think they're over before Christmas. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't think all of those screenings <laughs> is going to be full. So, uh, yeah, I want to be the one fan in the cinema. <laughs> and, you know. uh, but you know, the Tay fans are crazy. We they, every single screening might be full for all they know. Uh, but yeah, Beyonce coming December. Uh, our movie's going to move for her. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know what's what's set to release at the start of December. Uh, what? Actually, there is nothing currently in December. Oh, uproar is thirtieth of November, so I guess maybe it'd be seventh of December here. Why are you talking about December? Like she, the movie comes out in October. No, I'm talking about the Beyonce film. Oh, right, Beyonce film. Right. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot in the start of December currently, so uh, maybe a good timing for that. But yeah, uh, yeah. We could see two concert films in the top of the box office charts this year, which would be crazy. Wow, that's crazy. All right, yeah. Um, yeah, let's move in and give us some thumbs to trailers. Of course, you can find all the trailers we're about to talk about in the show notes below. Uh, kicking this off, let's talk about Wish, uh, directed by Chris Buck and Fawn Virison Thorn, uh, starring Ariana DeBoise. Chris Pine, Alan Tudyk, Angelique Cabral, uh, Victor Garber, Natasha Rothwell, Jennifer Kumiyama, Evan Peters, Harvey Gullion, Remy Youssef, Nico Vargas, Dallas Saba, and John Rudinsky. In the Kingdom of Rosas, located off the Iberian Peninsula, a 17-year-old girl named Asha uh, senses a darkness that no one else does about the kingdom's ruler, King Magnifico. Uh, this eventually leads to her trying to make a passionate plea to the stars in a moment of need. Soon, an actual star from the sky, named Star, answers Ash's wish. After the star falls from the sky, it is revealed that the star has magical powers to grant wishes as well. Th- together, Asher and Star must overcome the evil rising in Rosas and fight for a better future in order to have something better than what they already have and for all dreams to come true for the people of Rosas. <laughs> what do you think of the trailer for Wish? Wonka, December 14th. Um, wish. Keen. Double thumbs up. I'm keen. I got a bloody deep voice goat talking. I love that about it. And then um, I got a... Um, I think it's Victor Garber playing a bad guy or whatever. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's Chris Pine. Is the, the prince. He, is he? Fuck, didn't sound like him. I looked at the cast and just assumed he would be playing. I assumed Victor Garber's the goat, right? Oh, that would make sense. Yeah, go about it. I <laughs> know. Uh, I reckon this looks like this yeah. Chris looks, Pine's looks the king. Uh, no, oh, what a fuckhead. No, Alan Tudyk's a goat. Yeah, that makes more sense. All right. Um. Yeah. Double thumbs up, though, Keen. Uh, looks like a lot of fun. Looks. Uh. Uh. I'm. Uh. Ariana DeBose. Uh. Keen for her to get a. Uh. uh a leading role. Um. She was the best part of West Side Story. So. Um. Keen. Double thumbs up. This is point up, one down for me. I don't. Know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. This it, it didn't click. I don't think it looks. It, it's definitely not the most impressive animated film I'm looking at this year. Um, I don't know. Just the the backgrounds and stuff. It's cool. It's a talking goat. There's a cute star. Um, but you, know, you animal. You know, there's there's chickens. Lots of chickens. Um, yeah. 
you know, I don't know. It feels like a very convoluted story. So, um, <laughs> do you just listen to my description that I just read? Um, yeah, I know. Not that the description makes it more convoluted than it is. Well, yeah, convoluted than the actual trailer, but um, yeah, I don't know. Didn't click for me. Uh, so, Wish is releasing in cinemas on Boxing Day. We should get a good taste of movies. Next trailer, Download, directed by writer Doyle, starring Zachary Quinto, Lucas Gage, Simon Rex, Audrey McDonald, and Judith Light. Repressed divorcee Gary hires Cameron, a spirited and boundary-free sex worker, to give him an erotic massage. When Cameron learns how inexperienced middle-aged Gary is, he becomes determined to deliver a crash course in unapologetic queer life. Cameron's agenda of hookup apps and gay nomenclature quickly causes the day to take a severely riotous, obscure turns as the pair enjoy a nosy, pill-popping neighbor, a dark web intruder, and more in a hilarious evening of consequences and confrontation. Dylan, what do you think of the trailer for download? Before I tell you, do you know what Luke, Lucas Gage is most famous for and why I will never forget him? No. That one video that went around like a year ago where um, he was like oh, talking yes. to a director. <laughs> that was him. <laughs> that was him. Yeah. But they're like, who's this fucking messy dude or whatever? And we never found out who the director is. We can only assume, but people tried to guess. But anyway, that's him. Um, I'm going one up, one down. It looks like it has an interesting premise. I like uh, I like Lucas Gage. Obviously, he's in, like White Lotus and Yathori and all these other things I watch. Um, Zachary Quinto is good, but I just feel like this looks like a film created within the constraints of a filming inside a bubble during COVID or something. Like, there's something weird about it. So yeah, I'm going one up, one down. Yeah, I'm one up, one down as well. It's like you know, it's I don't think it's targeted at me. <laughs> I think it's targeted at uh, a certain community uh who it yeah like you said i feel like it's very self-contained probably was shot during covid like um very much a character study and that kind of stuff um but yeah i don't yeah it uh it seems very out there is what i'll say uh and you know it's not necessarily my flavor of comedy so uh this is releasing in the u.s on october 10th no australian release dates the next trailer is for Captain Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon remix directed by or created by Adi Shankar, starring Nathaniel Curtis, Balak, Adi Shankar, Boris Heistand, Mark Ibulu, Carolyn Ford, Dave Menken, Courtney Maybriggs, and Glenn Rage. The year is 1992. The country, formerly known as the USA, is now called Eden. A tech no croc technocracy a technocracy ruled by propaganda and corruption <laughs> super soldier Dolph Laserhawk has been betrayed by the love of his life and is locked up in Eden's top security prison supermax he must now lead a team of rebel outcasts on a risky undercover mi- on risky undercover missions in order to survive Dylan do you ever play Blood Dragon yeah I did I got all the trophies and everything this is a good remix <laughs> no, it looks like nothing like that at all. <laughs> Blood Dragon's like a set on an island with dinosaurs. Okay, so what did you think of this trailer? Uh, one up, one down. I looks weird. I it's a very weird project. I don't know why. I think I'm definitely getting annoyed about the like the name, the Blood Dragon remix thing. Like if you if you want to make a, an anime where it's just like 
go wild with a bunch of Ubisoft characters, sure. I, I just, yeah, it's something weird about it. Um, and even even beyond that, I'm, there's certain things that just sort of annoy me. <laughs> like, the fact that I'm getting this, and it's got characters, like, I'm getting this, and it has Rayman in it. And the last time, they fucking, they'll put Rayman in this before they make another proper Rayman game. The fact that this has um, fucking Jade and Paige from Beyond Good and Evil in it before they'll finish Beyond Good and Evil fucking 2. Um, you know? Fuck off. <laughs> You're just resentful that they're using Ubisoft characters and other things. I just think it's wild that they're, like, using all these characters even though those games are never going to get... Like, they just treat them better in this. Like, just fucking put Splinter Cell in this as well while you're at it. Just fucking put Sam Fisher know. in it. Maybe, maybe Sam Fisher's the big bad for all we know. <laughs> like, I would fucking, pop. Just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's two thumbs up for me. I love the craziness um, of, of Rayman being, like, a, a media personality reading the news. Yeah. Um, of there being, like, a frog assassin. For some reason, mm. uh, and then also having uh, featuring Cody Rhodes in the role of um, oh, what was the character from Suicide Squad? <laughs> who's in it uh, uh, for five minutes? Mm. Slipknot. He he plays a Slipknot yeah. role where he's in it for five minutes and gets his head blown off. Um, yeah. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, this is uh, weird, crazy animation that I can get on board with. Uh, yeah, it gives us give us the. Animal version of Assassin's Creed. That's what I want now. I want to be the frog assassin. Do you not want the <laughs> the anthropomorphic version of Assassin's Creed? I want my Beyond Good and Evil two. Yeah, that's what going to happen. So take what you can get. <laughs> You're offering me a made up game where you play as a frog in Assassin's Creed, yeah. versus a game that they've been working on for like six years. Listen, which one do you think is actually going to come out? <laughs> <laughs> Frog Assassin's Creed, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, so this is releasing on Netflix, 19th of October. Next trailer is for Obliterated, created by John Hurwitz, Hayden Sloshberg, and Josh Heald, starring Nick Zano, Shelley Hennig, uh, Shelley Hennig, Terrence Terrell, Alison Gorsuch, C. Thomas Howell, Eugene Kim, Paolo La Rosa, Kimmy Rutledge. An elite team is assembled from various branches of the United States Armed Forces to stop a deadly terrorist network from blowing up Los Angeles. They complete the mission and celebrate with a night on the town filled with sex, drugs, and alcohol. They discover that the bomb they neutralized was a fake, so the team must go through their into- must fight through their intoxication to find the real one and save the day. Dylan, what did you think of the trailer for? Obliterated. Turned it off. Looked like trash. Double thumbs down. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is two thumbs down for me. Uh, and made somewhat worse by it being a series? Why is this a series? I understand if it was like a film. I yeah, feel like that premise bad. would work like for a short film, but if you're doing like eight episodes, it's going to... Yeah. It, yeah, uh, interesting idea. If, uh, interesting idea for a movie. I don't think you this can sustain an entire series. So, two thumbs down for me as well. So, um, yeah, this is coming to Netflix on uh, the nineteenth of October. I think. Hang on. 
Who cares? Just move on. Next one. <laughs> wow. No, we pay. We bad. respect really, everything really here. Uh, you know, we've had double down thumbs down trailers uh, before. It's releasing on the thirtieth <sighs> of November. Good for them. Last trailer for this week. Argyle, directed by Matthew Vaughn, starring Henry Cavill, Bryce Dallas Howard, Sam Rockwell, Brian Cranston, Catherine O'Hara, Dua Lipa, Ariana DeBois, John Cena, Samuel L. Jackson, and apparently Matthew Vaughn's daughter's cat. Right. I missed that. The cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently they they got a like trained cat. And Matthew Vaughn's like, this cat is shit. I'm just going to get my daughter's cat to, to play the role. So you do what you do. Ellie Conway, an introverted spy novelist who seldom leaves her home, is drawn into the real world of espionage when the plots of her books get a little too close to the activities of a sinister underground syndicate. When Aiden, a spy, shows up to save her from being kidnapped or killed, uh, Ellie and her beloved cat Alfie are plunged into a con- covert world where nothing and no one is what it is what it seems. Dylan, what did you think of the trailer for the latest Matthew Vaughn film? Double thumbs up. Looked like a really fun, different uh, concept. I'm really looking forward to seeing Ariana the voice in the <laughs> <laughs> uh, No, it looks, yeah, it looks really, it's just a wild trailer. I knew nothing about it at all and I clicked play the other morning when I saw it drop and the, yeah, that they, they got me. Like, I, I didn't know anything about the movie, and I'm just watching it. I'm like, oh, if I can do a leaper and Henry Cavill, apparently, sure, let's go. And then when it swerves out into the script, I'm like, whoa, what, what am I watching here? <laughs> <laughs> and then the rest of the trailer is just about a cat. <laughs> one point, it looks like it's a 3D movie. I'm like, what's going on? They're throwing the cat up at the roof. Yeah, two thumbs up from me. Good shit. Uh, <laughs> I love me a Matthew Vaughn film. Um, this first film in like several years Forever. that's not part of the Kingdom of the Universe. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see this. Excited to see Bryce Dallas Howard in a film. <laughs> she feels like she's only been directing Star Wars film or TV shows. Um, yeah, this looks really good. Sam Rockwell, love him in pretty much anything. Um, so seeing him as a spy, a secret agent thing, that's a lot of fun. Um, everybody making fun of Henry Cavill's haircut. I think you know it's a spy. It's haircut. a spy haircut. You know you got to blend in <laughs> with that kind of haircut. So, um, but no, he's playing in that moment is the character inside the novel. So I mean, you know, it makes sense yeah. in con- that context that he would have a terrible haircut, uh, a distinctive haircut at the very least. Um, but yeah, it looks, looks like a lot of fun. Uh, I have a lot of faith in Matthew Vaughn to deliver some sort of fun, enjoyable plot uh, and have some weird over-the-top action sequences. And obviously, he's got cats flying everywhere, so uh, mm. it's going to be enjoyable. Uh, so yeah, this film is releasing on the 1st of February in cinemas uh, and then will be coming to Apple TV Plus at a later date. All right, let's move into this week's top three. Definitely in the top three. And this week's top three, in honor of The Expendables 4 coming out, which nobody's excited before, as far as I'm aware, and is probably going to make absolutely no money. Uh, but we thought I thought we'd help them with casting for their next <laughs> film. <laughs> so this week's top three is top three people who should be in Expendables, with the S being a five. There Expendables 5 is what I'm saying. Mm. Okay, so I made a distinct caveat. This is people who have not been in the franchise so far. 
And let's hope my picks aren't wrong because I've you not didn't, watched all these films. You didn't like look up who'd been in the franchise. No, okay, well, Dylan, who's your number? But I believe I'm correct. Okay, so I don't, I, especially my number one. Okay. I know is definitely not Dylan. Who's your number three? Just the other two. I'm like, who knows? Number three, Norman Reedus, driving motorcycle, go off. He cross checking me as I like, yeah, sure. How do you? How do you? Well, <laughs> you just, just go, go look up on his, his Wikipedia page. Oh, yeah, sure. That makes sense. Yeah, Norman Reedus jumps on his motorcycle, shows up, punches some dudes. I don't know. Motors, frozen fucking suddenly the zombies there. I don't know. You know, takes off okay. the motorcycle. He's got to deliver some packages. Okay. Yeah, you're safe. Fuck <laughs> okay. it. Uh, who have I got? My number three, Will Smith. You know, he was a 90s action star. And he's not really anymore. And he probably does need some sort of work. <laughs> so why not? Bring his wisecracking uh, stuff to that franchise. That seems like it would be a solid fit. So yeah, my number three is Will Smith. Who's your number two? Linda Hamilton. She's not. She has been in it. She hasn't. No. Or has? She has not. You say? Oh, I thought you said has. I was like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, Linda Hamil- Hamilton, one of the biggest action stars of the nineties. Everything you just said, but Linda Hamilton. <laughs> um, and she's not doing much at the moment. But for different reasons to Will Smith. <laughs> Put her in it. Sure. Uh, my number two. Nick Cage. Another 90s action star. And I think his level of craziness, just let him do whatever he wants. You know? I don't know if he should be on the bad, good side, if he should be the bad guy of the movie. Uh, but yeah, if you put Nicolas Cage in this franchise, people would actually go see the next movie. I'm pretty sure he'd be willing to do it. It's a, he seems the type who would be willing to appear in the fifth iteration of a film franchise. Tell him what's your number one. Dwayne Johnson. Good they saved the franchise. Easy. Put the rock in it. I mean, yeah. He, he does have a solid tra- track record of coming into franchises and yeah. revitalizing him. Saves him. It's done. Doesn't he, he's he's quite good at coming in, not number one. He's not number one guy. He's a number th- three, four, five, six guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my number one, Liam Neeson. You know, mm. he's he has a particular set of skills that kind of translates to these expendable movies, um, mm. and he's in the age demographic that would fit with a lot of these. Uh, Actors, even though it seemed like this latest film, they're doing some sort of transition thing where they're trying to bring in a bunch of new blood and like that kind of stuff. But Fifty Cent, Fifty Cent, uh, and they brought they've got your boy Jennifer Huey Wise as no. the bad guy. Yeah, Andy Garcia is in this movie. Uh, Tony Shaw. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you'd think I'd be excited, but nope. <laughs> and yet I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. What? Obviously, it's already come out. Uh, let's have a look. What What's the Rotten Tomatoes score on Expendables with the four in it? Uh, I actually think I've watched all three Expendables. It's got a 13% like with an average rating of 3.5 on Rotten Tomatoes. So. Nice. Was well, I think the last one had Antonio Banderas in it. Yeah. Last one, they kind of the went one? all out, it seemed like. Yeah, I've seen that one. I've seen them all then. Except for the new one. And I don't remember any of them. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched this one, but I've watched other three, and they've all blurred into one... One film in my head. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, Dylan, this week, what do you want to watch? Pax Australia. <laughs> that's not an answer. 
Um, all right. Um, so if I'm going to go watch a movie this week, which I'm probably not, uh, but I would be most keen for The Exorcist Believer in cinemas. Okay. Uh, I would be keen to check out uh, Shader, which is the uh, Iranian-Australian film about a mother in a women's shelter, which is potentially going to be is, is talks of it being Australia's uh, nomination for Best International Film. I believe Cobweb, the uh, Korean film about filmmaking, is getting a release and limitedly in on this week. Uh, and then, I know I don't want... I said, also, I know I said not to watch any horror movies, uh, but Toadie Killer comes out this week on Prime Video. No, you said you're not allowed to watch So, you know, uh, just wait till the end of the month. And then you can watch it. And then on the TV front, Loki starts this week. <laughs> on Friday. Oh, yeah. Releasing Friday. You know, to mix things up. Mm. So you don't clash with the circus finale this week. So, mm. All right. Let us know what you're excited to watch this week by going to ExplosionNetwork.com uh, slash Twitter. Let us know on X. Or go to Explosion.com slash Discord. Join at Discord. Uh, if you want to help us out here at what you want to watch, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. Leave us five stars. Any Quinn, leave five stars. Or just tell people about the show. And if you've enjoyed this episode, thought it was worth a dollar, head on over to our Kofi page at explosion.com slash supports. Uh, so, for the next two weeks, we will not be having normal What Do You Want to Watch episodes because I'm going to be away. Uh, but we will have something to fill in the times. Uh, that will be interesting and possibly rage-inducing. So look forward to checking those out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you very much for listening. And until next time, keep watching stuff, I guess. <laughs>